Hello and welcome to USA Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, we are here for the next hour or so to talk Major League Rugby, USA Rugby, and more. We encourage you, the listeners, come up here and ask our guests and us questions. Uh, we'd love to have you drive the show and, and ask away. Uh, to get uh, further updates on shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and more, follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning here on Twitter and most other social media channels. And finally, uh, tonight's show is brought to you by Myoderm, the, the leader in CBD creams. Save 10% on your order with discount code EAGLES at myoderm.com. That's M-Y-A-D-E-R-M.com. I'm Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, host of the Eagle-Eyed Rugby Podcast, interviewing USA, USA Eagles and more around the globe. And to introduce himself, here's my co-host, John Fitzpatrick. Hey, thanks, Bill. Good evening, everyone. As Bill mentioned, John Fitzpatrick from Rugby Morning. And what I do is curate the top rugby news from around the world, put a little American point of view or maybe even North American spin on it for our Canadian friends up north and serve up that content um, six days a week in a morning newsletter, helping everyone stay informed in five minutes or less. You can find us online at Rugby Morning. Bill, back to you. Yeah, it's going to be a really fun time tonight, guys. we got a lot going on, actually, for those of you that are NBA fans, especially uh, your Boston fans that are, that are logging in now. Big game tonight against Golden State Warriors. We might have an update or two, because I know our second-half guest is dying to watch the most game before he gets a early bed call because of training tomorrow. But uh, with further ado, without further ado, let's go on to our first guest uh, who's with us this first half hour. This is USA Rugby Men's head coach Gary Gold, Gold is with us. Gary, how are you? Thank you so much for you know donating your your valuable time with us how are you doing i'm very good thanks bill thanks very much for inviting me on uh on uh, this wonderful initiative of yours happy hour yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's awesome, and it's always talking to <laughs> from players all over uh you know you know gary you're uh you're a busy week you're in houston now it has camp opened it has uh it has yeah we've uh we've got a handful of guys who've assembled and um been hard at work already, um, which is pretty exciting. Um, not really something we've been doing a lot of recently. So, um, yeah, I feel like a bit of a yeah. kid in a candy store being able to uh, to work with the guys again and, and just reassemble. And uh, it's an exciting time uh, with obviously an exciting couple of weeks coming up uh, for for um, for all of us here at USA Rugby, as you, as you well know, Bill. Yeah, and you know, speaking of candy stores, it's kind of a, a half-empty candy store because would you have maybe half of the thirty there uh, with you now? And and if so, what can you even accomplish with them? Oh well, I mean, you you can most definitely accomplish something with a smaller group. I mean, it just means that uh, um, that's exactly how we work. We work in smaller groups. Uh, it's not an ideal situation, obviously, but it is what it is. I mean, it's. Major League Rugby, and you know a lot of our players are playing in uh, in in uh, uh, the very prestigious semi-finals this weekend, and and two teams moving forward to the finals the following weekend, and that's also a bit of a celebration as well. So um, again, it's 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 the way of the world at the moment. Um, it is difficult. I mean, it does it does mean that you you're able to hopefully do a little bit more individual stuff with um, with the players and and uh, a little bit more closer skills and um, contacts, um, personal contact stuff with the players and um, yeah, give each player a little bit more personal attention, I suppose. But you also do, you know, you also do find yourself in a situation where you, you, you're chomping at the bit to want to get onto the team stuff and 
mm-hmm. you know, when you when you don't quite have a team in camp, it's 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 a challenge. But um, it's it's you know, it's not that other international teams haven't experienced this in the past. It's just um, I'm just excited that we're going to be able to get to play soon again. And, and let's talk about the roster selections, the 30 man squad. Uh, you know, just a few notables. You know, Mikey Sassani's in there. AJ McGinty back from you know injury from last summer, of course. Uh, great to see uh, Samu Manoa returning. Uh, and then you have only one player who's uncapped right now, which is a bit different from last summer's selections. You know, um, uh, Mitch Wilson, who is our guest later. So let's let's talk. Uh, let's start with the youth. You know, uh, specifically with Mitch. What did you see in him um, that earned him a spot in this in this thirty man roster? Well, I mean, just before I touch on on Mitch specifically as well, you know, they they also a couple of other guys within the group that are that that they are also relatively young and were also mm-hmm. only you know capped last year. Uh, Moni uh, Tongawea being one, for example, you know, hasn't pe- spent a lot of time in camp. Luke Carty hasn't spent a huge amount of time in camp. Um, Lapetti also obviously only got an opportunity last year, so. Um, or whilst a couple of there's a, Mitch is the only uncapped one, there's still a couple of younger guys who acknowledged last year from MLR, and then this year, you know, it's it's been so competitive, and um, the positions have been um, really hard fought for. And you know, from from our point of view, Bill, if if I'm perfectly honest, we've we've got a bit of a balancing act with with the group at the moment, is because of the uh, the 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 magnitude of 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 the importance of the of the games in the summer against Chile, you know, you need to go in with a slightly more balanced group. And because of MLR semifinals and European semifinals and English Premiership finals tomorrow and players being involved in that and the lateness of them arriving to camp, you've got to get the balance right between do do we go with a completely youthful team and give a lot of guys an opportunity who have put their hands up in the MLR, which of which there's a lot of them, or do you or do you go with a group that actually know each other quite well mm-hmm. and have actually been together for a while, even if it hasn't been for a while, they've actually been together for a number of years and you try and tap into that cohesiveness. And and, and, I, and I believe that that's what the smarter thing to do is at the moment when it comes down to the fact that, you know, we've got a, you know, we've, we've got a, a tough, a very tough couple of weeks ahead of us. Um, uh, and, and we've got a, we've got a very job, a very big job on our hands. And that's obviously to, to try and qualify for rugby world cup ASAP. So, so, so what I saw in Mitch. Sorry, I beg your pardon. I didn't get to answer. Okay. What I saw, what I saw, what I saw in Mitch is, is, is you know, we've 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 identified that you know, um, back three is an area that, um, back three is an area that you know we, we're looking at guys who've got, you know, for want of a better word, X factor. Um, I think Mitch has got that, um, coupled with the fact that he's obviously been playing in a in a team that's been very successful, and and I think he's played a, a very important role. In that success, you know, I mean, a lot of the stuff that Mitch does off the ball um, is is very admirable. He's got a very high work rate, uh, works particularly hard, and a lot of um, the nuances that happen w- and, and are successful with the Free Jacks team are are also down to how hard he, the back three work at the Free Jacks, and uh, it just it just so happens that Mitch happens to be the the US qualified one. So um, you know, uh, we've we've been looking at a couple of wingers around. The competition, and uh, you know, we just we just felt that uh, you know Mitch has been on the radar and his brother Bailey actually for a while, and Mitch uh, deserved to be rewarded. 
Gary, as, as someone who's who's five nine himself, I'm I'm a big fan of Mitch Wilson. So I appreciate appreciate Mitch Wilson making the the squad. But uh, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about uh, the balancing act, right, between you know veteran players who who know the system, who've been around, who have the experience, and some of the younger guys that you mentioned who are uncapped or have a couple of caps. And there's also a couple other names, right, that from a USA Rugby fan who excited to see back, right? You mentioned Manoa, but Paul Sique. Super excited to see him back, um, back with USA Rugby roster, and also Milan Aljabori. He talk a little bit about kind of what it means to bring those guys back into the squad. Sure. Um, again, you know the, these guys were were um, you know were and have been a part of our, our for use of a better word our larger group for a number of years now. Uh, Malan obviously came to the Rugby World Cup. Samu was heavily involved with us in two eighteen. Uh, Paul Asike is always been involved in the group since certainly since I've been here uh, since the beginning of 2018 and is an integral part of our group I mean he forms one of you know the key parts of our spine throughout the team and uh, unfortunately has, has struggled with some injuries last year and also went overseas and uh, had struggled with injuries and and um, uh, Malon's also struggled with some injuries and was out of rugby for a while so just very blessed and thankful that these guys are fit and healthy now and all actually playing really well. You know, um, Paul post his injury obviously came back and, you know, got a good couple of games for Utah. And as you guys saw at the end, you know, Utah turned their season around quite nicely, got a couple of wins on the board and actually played really well. And um, uh, Paul was, was a big factor in that. And, Malon's been been very very good for Houston, you know. So and Samu, well, I think I mean I don't think I, I, I'm 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 trying not to quote the obvious here, but uh, Samu was is is part of a, a very successful uh, team at, at the SeaWolves who really turned turned the corner around in the season and um, you know and obviously playing in the semi-finals this weekend. So yeah, I'm delighted to be able to bring those guys back. Um, we've always wanted to be in a situation where you know it's. It's a difficult team to to get into, and hopefully, it's an even more difficult team to get out of. But that relies on us being successful, and we haven't been as successful as we wanted to be. Um, certainly not during the course of last year. And so, you know, we want to get back to winning ways, and we want to, you know, we want to welcome back those guys, and that brings us a little bit more cohesion in in, uh, in within the spine of the team to to have those guys coming back. Yeah, you, you well, you talk about a guy like Samu, right? With a nickname like the Hitman, you know, who wouldn't want a player like that on the field? You now you talk about Lasique, a big bruising tackler, runner. It seems like there maybe is a little bit of a play at bringing back. I don't know, maybe a little bit more of an edgier, physical, aggressive style. Is that fair to say? Uh, in terms of bringing Paul back, or, or Paul and Samu, and just maybe the tone for for the camp and for the Chile series potentially. Sure. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I think um, in, in all fairness, I mean, I think we, we we maybe lacked that a little bit, a little bit of our edge um, that we had in 2018 and 2019. Um, I think we, we potentially lacked that a little bit. Um, uh, no specific reason there, but yes, as you say, you know, um, that, you know, big, two big physical guys and uh, very experienced guys and very, <coughs> I beg your pardon, respected guys within the group and so it, uh, it, uh, it hopefully will make a real positive difference in the group when they do come back in. Uh, Gary, let's talk about Major League Rugby for a second. Um, you know, 
it's made your job selecting the team more and more difficult, which is a good thing, of course, because that just says um, how how much the league has really been picking up. Uh, you know, what was your impression of the league this season uh, while you were making your rounds? Um, from from a rugby point of view, um, and I'm genuinely saying this um, from a rugby point of view on the field uh, between the four white lines with the coaching groups and the playing groups I think there's been a significant improvement I think um, uh, uh, um, as the league has grown and, and understandably you know the the teams have in, in, invested invested quite a lot a lot more money and you know over a period of time of you know the you know the, across the league in certain positions you, you've seen a handful of international coaches come into the group and guys who've had international experience from a coaching point of view, um, slightly different styles as well, which makes for good viewing. And uh, uh, it's always interesting when there's teams playing a different le- level of rugby. And and, um, and 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 I think overall the, the, the level has improved a lot. And as you, as you quite rightly say, Bill, you know, from, from a selection point of view on... Uh, the ability of the players, it's its made our job difficult because there are so many players putting their hands up. You know, the other thing is as well is, you know, there's been there's been quite a nice increase in the amount of American qualified players that that, that are playing in the MLR. You know, we, we, we're probably sitting at, you know, 100, between 160 and 170 USA qualified players are playing MLR rugby week in and week out. Some positions are still a little bit worrying. Um, and you, you would you would like to see more USA qualified players playing in certain positions, but by and large across the board, you know, um, the level of the game has gone up, and and even specific teams, and and I mean this obviously as a compliment, but you just take a team like Austin over the years or Houston over the last couple of years, you know, they, you know, they they've they've really improved, you know, that from teams that potentially three four years ago may or may or may not have struggled and. And other teams who who've been very good teams and have, you know, featured quite well over the last couple of years have have uh, have also um, found it difficult because the other teams have caught up to them and and, and that's only going to serve serve us all well and serve the game very well that the that the level of competition, quality, skill, level of coaching, and and hopefully fitness levels are all improving as well. So um, it ha- it has really made our task difficult, but. You know, one that I definitely wouldn't want to change in in any way. I just I want the league to continue to improve from week in and week out. All right, let's go to our first listener, Jaden. Good to see you here. How's it going, guys? Can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. All right, I had a quick question about about the squad that was picked. You know, a lot of versatility in the back line, which is interesting. Specifically, a uh, Christian Dyer played mostly on the wing for USA last year and was really good. But if I'm not mistaken, is been pretty much exclusively at 13 for Houston. I was just wondering where you see him and where he fits in the back line with other versatile players like Marcel Brahi. Thank you. No, good question. Uh, great observation as well, and you're 100% right. I think um, Christian uh, predominantly comes from a sevens background, even though obviously when he was younger, he played 15s, but he comes, you know, the last couple of years, he's played his trade in the sevens, and I think he's done a very good job there, improved his skill level significantly. Um, and when he went into Houston, um, I think for them, there was a need that, you know, he moves a little bit closer to the ball and they moved him at 13. And, and, and for him, I think that's just been a, a wonderful learning curve for him to have to have gone to 13. Um, defensively, he would have had to have made a lot more reads. 
um, gets get gets a little bit closer to the action. I'm sure he's happy that he gets his hands on the ball a little bit more. But for us, we're still seeing Christian as a as as a, a back three player, you know, as a as a wing or a fullback, you know, in those particular areas, um, predo- pre- predominantly wing for us. But the, the 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 area that he's covered at 13 for them is only going to stand him in good stead. And and as you say, you know, the word you use there is critical is the versatility. You know, you've got Lepetti who can play 12 and 13, and at a push can probably play 10. Uh, Carter, you can play 10 and 50. Um, Will Hooley, you can play 10 and 15. Um, you've just spoken about <coughs> a bigger part in Christian, who can play in multiple positions. Marcel can play in multiple positions. Bryce can play in multiple positions. And Nate Augsburger can play in multiple positions. And and that really that really is the key, you know, because I mean, we can only travel with a certain amount of players. Um, that's just not, not, not only a budget thing, it's a regulationary thing as well. And you know, with with all of that in mind, um, you, you want to keep the group together, and you want to have the versatility to be able to mix and match. And and and, and you know, you then want the opportunity to maybe one week go five three, and which is five forwards in the bench and three forwards in the uh, five forwards in the bench and three backs. Or the following week potentially go six two if you've got enough cover. So depending on what the opposition, um, what threats the opposition pose at you, and where you need to cover it the most. But uh, yes, it, it's it's brilliant for us that Christian does pose. You know, it does offer us those uh, those versatile positions. Thanks, Jaden. All right, on to our USA Rugby South friend, Sean Elms. Sean, how are you? Good, buddy. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having us all on here, uh, and thank you, Coach, for for agreeing to all this. Um, and My a pleasure. About uh, the the coaching setup, how many seconds after uh, Scott's separation from Rugby ATL did the conversation occur between the two of you, and who called each other first? <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, it actually didn't work like that, um, interestingly enough. Uh, <coughs> um, yeah, basically what happened is, is I'm not sure if you remember, but Scott actually was part of the coaching staff in 2018. Um, when I started, he was running the defense for us then. Um, Absolutely, yeah. And and, and uh, um, then Scott had um, big ambitions and, and and uh, was as you well know, general manager, head coach, and DOR all in one at Atlanta, and I think put an exceptionally good program together there and established something wonderful when when um, the wonderful Marcus was still alive. And I think when Marcus passed on and things changed there, then 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 uh, things possibly changed for Scott and. Uh, then it just became a situation of being, him being available, and we we didn't actually really phone each other. Funnily enough, it was just more of a situation that you know you just you just waited and 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 saw what happened when things panned out, and you know it's it's none of my business what goes on behind the scenes at clubs uh, with coaches, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I don't really um, worry myself with that with that kind of information, but it was actually Dan Payne who mentioned it to me a couple of months afterwards and uh, we were planning our staff and putting it together and he said, you know, Scott could be available. So, you know, that's pretty much how it came back to being. And uh, again, one of the things that, you know, was not only a remit, but something I feel strongly about is that, you know, I really want to also play a role with um, developing American-based coaches and developing coaches for, 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 for the USA. And I'm not necessarily saying me but our environment you know in the usa environment and 
encouraging and uh, encouraging US based players. And Scott's got a good track record as an ex Eagle himself, and you know, very good track record at life. And and then recently at Atlanta, you know, no, it's not, I, too sh- I, not too shabby sure. getting to the finals last year. So he's done a good job. Absolutely on uh, on a tenth of the uh, payroll as well. I'm just glad that we're slowly resting control from the West Coast for the uh, the epicenter, the gravitational center of of rugby with Scott, Stephen Brett, uh, Mitch Wilson, uh, and then even on the periphery, people like Alex Mon and Mooneyham and uh, Karoy and Justin Johnson. Like, there's so many good players that have a Southern anchor within them that are now being fed upwards. It's a uh, it's it's a lot of pride for me. Yeah, absolutely. No, very much so. And I think that growth is happening. I mean, you know, uh, it, 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 it is actually happening across the league as well, which is encouraging to see. And, you know, we saw how well Atlanta did again this year and um, just fell short last week. And Free Jacks, you know, playing so well, Rooney playing so well. So two very strong teams on the East Coast also vying competitively this weekend. Thanks, John, as always. Thanks for coming up. It's good to see you on here. Um, just real quick, everybody, another 10 minutes, nine minutes with Gary. Uh, again, come on up, ask us questions, ask Gary a question. Um, it's, it's, again, it's a lot of fun. I hope you're enjoying this. Uh, Gary, the last time you and I spoke, uh, neither one of us knew uh, what the French Barbarians would look like. Has that changed at all since then? <laughs> Not really. Not really <laughs> for me. Um, I've, I've seen the Barbarians team to play England this week. Right. Um, and I don't mind admitting I hope some of them stay at home, but uh, um, but that's because that's quite a powerful side. But no, look, I mean, the, you know, I, I haven't heard anything officially, but, you know, from some of the stuff that we've heard, and Mikey Sassina mentioned something to me, that a couple of the Toulon guys have been invited, and uh, uh, David Adnui mentioned something to me. So, um, again, they, they, they obviously won't come from the top four clubs that are involved this weekend, I wouldn't imagine. Uh, but, you know, the top 14 is such an unbelievably powerful league. Um, you know, you've got a team like La Rochelle who, who are out now and, you know, they're Heineken Cup champions, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, uh, any one of of quite literally hundreds, of, uh, uh, tens of hundreds of players you could pick, you know, who could make that Barbas team and, you know, they're going to come here and they're going to be explosive and they're going to be very competitive. Um, but no, we don't really know the makeup of that squad yet. So then, how do you approach that as a coach? You know, is it does it really? It doesn't really matter who they are. This is obviously prep for the the World Cup qualifiers. So, I mean, as a coach, how do you approach this match then? Um, well, twofold. Um, firstly, yes, you're 100 percent correct. Um, not that it doesn't matter, but it, right. it, it it it's not so much about them, and it's more about us. There's certain things that we want to do and we need to do. Um, for example. Uh, through multiple phases and holding onto the ball and you know being able to 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 be to be to be able to be good at, at our breakdown work in a very hot climate like Houston next weekend is a goal you know so whatever play we want to execute against whoever the opposition is it should be about us wanting to get that right i mean again by the same token uh, you know we rely a lot on video footage this week but you know, in, in this day and age, I beg your pardon, but video footage means nothing if, if a team goes and changes everything. So the fact of the matter is teams can still play, um, they, they, they can still execute any number of patterns against you. And, you know, as a, as a good decision maker on the field, you should be able to read it and react to it. So 
that that in itself is something that we will target as a challenge. We'll target that as a challenge because Chile could change their playbook if they wanted to as well. And if mm. you know if we haven't seen it, you don't want to rely on that. You want to rely on decision making. You want to rely on the players and the trust of the players to be able to make good decisions about the reads that they see on the field in terms of what's going to happen in front of them. So when that happens, actually, an, a team like the French Barbarians could actually be a really good test for us. Uh, the other thing as well is being a Barbarians team and being French, you know they're not exactly going to come and play a boring game here. Right. You know, they're going to play an expansive game. They're going to move the ball around. They, you know, they, they've come here to have fun. It's the end of their season. Uh, they're going to offload, the, you know, I mean, and none of that's a secret to us, you know. We didn't we didn't need footage to, to understand that, you know. They, there's probably going to be some very, very good offloading backs in there, um, big, powerful runners who are going to try and break tackles and, and move the ball out of the contact area. And, you know, and that's another, you know, that's something that we will prepare for, you know. It doesn't matter, doesn't matter who we're playing, you know, we'll prepare for that in the, in the tackle situation. And that's where, that's where I'm... Um, I'm excited about the fact that, you know, maybe not knowing much about the opposition is, is a challenge as well, you know, because you don't rest on your laurels and you expect the unexpected and that helps your decision-making and it helps your ability to, to execute what you really want to do in the field as opposed to them and take command of the game. And that's really what our goal is going to be next week, you know, get through the stuff we want to get through, become much better at the stuff we want to be better at and, and and stop them, you know, when they when they do launch their attacks, because I have no doubt their attacks will be dynamic. Yeah, Gary, switching switching gears, right? So the the Barbarians game, and then of course after that, you've got the two legs here against Chile. You know, I think you know taking a step back, um, it's been or at least over the last year, it's been exciting to see the the growth, maybe even the leveling up or the competitiveness of um, countries in South America, particularly. Um, you know, Chile, Uruguay, it's been great. I think it's great for the sport across the world, right? If other regions around the world are really starting to, to level up. And, and I think that starts with, you know, just how competitive Superliga Americana de Rugby or SLAR has been, you know, and, you know, Selknam, right? That's essentially Chile's professional team. You know, they had a very good season, eight and two in the regular season, lost in the finals, has has preparation for Chile involved the watching a lot of Slar or or Selknam, the team uh, specifically? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, without a question of a doubt about that. Um, no, as a uh, you know, first and foremost, as a rugby enthusiast and uh, a rugby lover, I have to agree with you. I think it's good for the game. I think it's wonderful for the game that the, the sport has been expanded. Uh, I think it's been a poor endorsement on world rugby that since the 1987 World Cup in New Zealand, the top eight teams have never really changed being the top eight teams in world rugby. And I think that's a poor endorsement um, for, for everybody else in the world, Fiji, Samoa, um, you know, and Uruguay, even, even to a degree Argentina, although they have been a bit of a powerhouse. So, um, you, you, you know what I'm talking about, Fiji, Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, ourselves, Canada, Uruguay, teams like that. And and what these guys have done is, is you know, it's, a, it's an unbelievable initiative. I mean, um, it's, it's, it's uh, the, improve, the level of improvement is absolutely substantial. Um, and the reason for that is just because they've been able to play together so long. I mean, the SLA competition has, held self, has had Selkman playing um, as a group of players together for the last three months week in and week out. 
uh, we haven't seen the guys since October last year. Um, so it's it's a, it's an enormous challenge, um, and and the fact of the matter is, you know, professional sport whether you like to admit this or you don't like to admit this, uh, is so much about cohesion and continuity and being able to spend time together. And you know that's what these guys have done. And fair play to fair play to them for for the organisation of that competition and the way it's been run and the the level of the competition. And yes, we've watched it tremendously. Um, if, if, a lot of the Southam games, and uh, yeah, just to watch them improve week in and week out, and we, you know, we know a lot of those players because we saw them playing against Russia and Canada last year when they actually went through their qualifying stages. So we've actually seen them, and and even before that, the games against Brazil. So we've seen them play then, and then we've seen them playing now as Southam, and you know, it's 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 incredible. It's it's like it's you know, it's like literally watching a you know, it's it's like literally watching a, a junior academy team spend a huge amount of time together and, and improving in front of your eyes. So it's um, it's going to be a massive challenge for us. We are 100% uh, we're aware of that and we're going to go in with an, a huge amount of respect for them. But uh, yeah, it, 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 it is good for world rugby. But uh, for us right now, it's uh, it's posing it's posing a, a, a challenge that I... You know, I'm I'm hoping that soon we're going to be able to compete regularly as well and play in the off season and 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 I think there are plans for that and I'm, and I'm excited for us to be able to spend a lot more time together. But right here and right now, we've got the challenge of uh, of having to overcome these guys. You know, in the next couple of weeks, and that challenge is going to be made very difficult because they know each other so well and they're a very good bunch of players. Well, Gary, before we let you go, um, knowing that you are a rugby nut. Uh, it's an all South African final in the URC Stormers versus Bulls. Uh, who's your pick to win it all? Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, yeah, I'll probably, you know, uh, firstly, I'm the worst pundit in the world. So if I say something, you can probably put your money on me being wrong. <laughs> so I'm always wrong on these things. So thank, thank goodness I'm not a bookmaker. Um, <laughs> but, but probably, pro- probably because it's been pouring with rain and freezing cold in Cape Town the whole week. The field's going to be in a really, really poor condition. Uh, the way the Bulls play is probably a lot more inclined towards the closer contact game and the, the power of the forwards up front and, and, and the big kicking game. And Stormers would want to use their outside backs, and I think they're going to be nullified quite a lot. So probably going to say, probably going to say uh, the, the Bulls might put it, yeah. All right, so I won't ask you what the spread will be. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No. All right, Gary, uh, again, thank you so much for get, uh, for spending some of your valuable time with us. It's been a pleasure talking to you tonight. Only a pleasure. Yeah, thank you very much. And yeah, to to, to um, all your supporters and on, uh, on all your various pods and, and obviously this platform, thanks very much for, for tuning in and thanks very much for inviting me. It's good to be with you both. All right, thanks, Gary. Have a good night. Take it easy, guys. Bye-bye.